0: from WDBM East Lansing. This is City Pulse on the air.
1: Joining you now, your editor-in-chief of the Lansing City Pulse, Burl Schwartz. Hello again, this is Burl Schwartz talking. Later, our weekly talk with MSU political scientist Matt Grossman on the 2020 presidential race. First, though, One of the most knowledgeable people in our community on all things political is our next guest, State Senator Curtis Hertel, a Democrat from East Lansing, who joins me now. Senator, uh, before I pick your brain on some politics, I had the pleasure of being uh, at uh, uh, St. Clair Shores recently and saw signs for Hertel. Who is that? that? That's my brother and uh he's uh, running for the house is he in the house now excuse my ignorance
2: he, he's in the house he's uh, uh he's running for his last term in the house right now actually um and uh we're the first two brothers in michigan history to serve from 90 miles apart from each other that's um that's great. so i'm very 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 proud of him i actually uh had lunch with him today uh we were knocking for uh, angela Whitwer um in Eaton County and uh, uh-huh. he drove up to do that and he's a fantastic leader and uh you know uh you know my family has 100 years of service when you add it all up to uh, uh the public service in Michigan uh with my dad and my uncles but uh uh Kevin is a is he's a he's a great public servant
1: is that uh the family stomping grounds around there
2: no. So that's the most interesting thing is that you would normally think that people come from one area, right? And that Families mm-hmm. that come from one area. Uh, my dad, uh, if you live in the right neighborhood in the east side of Detroit, my dad was your state rep. My uncle John was your state senator. And my uncle Dennis was your congressman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and so Kev- Kevin represents St. Clair Shores, uh, which at East Point and which is in Macomb County. And obviously I represent here. So it's a, uh, um we both uh moved a little bit but he's a little closer to the old family stopping grounds than yeah. i am
1: well it's a beautiful district i uh stopped there bought some pizza at a place called carlos and drove oh yeah I've, to been to
2: Car- I've been to carlos before yeah. Yeah. drove about
1: five minutes to the lake and sat there and it, it was it was beautiful i've never been there before lovely lovely area well
2: kevin is a uh, a big fan of boating Okay. Um so he lives right on that lake. Uh that's, Lake St. Clair is a beautiful lake.
1: That's terrific. Well let's uh so as long as you're uh, you're just back from the uh what district is Angela uh, what where is that sixty seven the ninth oh.
2: uh, Once you start getting into the house district numbers, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean Well uh, how she doing. I know I you know the center that? one's pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'll tell how's you responses
2: doing? were great. Responses mm-hmm. were fantastic. Uh and the most amazing thing to me, Burl, is that, you know, early voting started literally uh, yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, ballots uh, got
1: mailed yesterday.
2: People, uh, we talked to just, and, and you know, we were only out for a couple hours today. And we talked to uh, a half a dozen people that either had already voted or were on their way to the clerk's office to vote. Um, it was pretty amazing how um, excited people were uh it's a different feel than a lot of the election time I've ever that I've been part of
1: uh that that's uh, great because that leads right into who i think the most important issue we're facing right now is can, do you do you fear Donald Trump if he comes close uh, could steal this election through the courts
2: uh yeah, listen i i am concerned on every level about Donald Trump um i think Donald Trump being reelected again would change um, the face of our nation. I've always said that that the Constitution um, and our our uh, the Bill of Rights and all those things are strong enough to withhold uh, almost anybody being president because there are a number of checks and balances. This man has fundamentally, I think, destroyed much of that. And on top of that, is leading America to be more divided. Uh, and in a, to a dangerous rightward term. So uh, I'm worried about the election. I hope it's not close. I am certainly worried about the courts afterwards, but that means that all of us need to commit ourselves to working harder to make sure that it's not, we don't, we don't want to win by one or two points. We want to win by a landslide uh, everywhere across this country so that that, that can't happen. Um, and I. But, but yes, yeah, so, you know, we've, listen, every politician, And I'm I'm saying this as one, is somewhat of a narcissist. Okay, anybody that would put themselves in the ballot to say I am the best person to represent people has some of that in them. This is a poison, a a poisonous narcissist who, uh, you know, has has uh, can't even say that he would accept uh, a peaceful transition of power, which has kept this country together uh, for its entire history. It, it is incredibly disturbing um, what the president has said, and we should all be concerned about it, Re- regardless of whether you're a Republican or Democrat. The foundation of this, if, if, if they tried to use the courts uh, in that way, this country is already teetering on the edge. I've never seen more polarization, more hatred of the other side. And I mean that on both sides, to be honest with you. Um, there's, there's a deep. Um, we, we have allowed ourselves to become uh, to see everyone who disagrees with us as evil. And um, I don't believe that many of the people I serve with on the other side of the aisle are evil. They're just wrong. They're fundamentally wrong in their worldview, but they're not evil. And uh, but I, I very much am concerned at that point that. Of uh, either way the election goes, if it's close, that that could lead to uh, extreme amounts of violence.
1: Um, I want to talk to you specifically about uh, Michigan, but first I, uh, I want to get your thoughts. on, at the highest level, Mitch McConnell, uh, you know, he's being denounced as a hypocrite, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, politics is hardball. Uh. And they've got the majority in the Senate. What have they done wrong?
2: I mean, he's obviously a hypocrite. I'm not surprised he's a hypocrite.
1: I mean, like, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shocked.
2: I mean, like, right. um,
1: but uh, but, but is it really more a case that we just foolishly thought they'd keep their word that they wouldn't do this, uh, and, and it's just, but they've got the votes. They've got the right in the Constitution.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I don't think they had the right to block any votes on Merrick Garland. That's a different process. But I mean, this is what I, this, this is what I would say is that um, uh, yes, and maybe I understand what you're saying, and maybe it's far as it's time for Democrats to stop being so darn nice when we take power, then because I think that one of the problems with Democrats is, uh, and we saw it here in Michigan last time. Democrats took care took control of the House. Uh, we elected a former Republican leader and yeah. basically didn't do any of the things that we said we were going to do for the progressive causes we believe in. And therefore, we lost a bunch of trust with people and they wouldn't support us again. It's time for Democrats to start acting like Democrats, but it's also start time to stop being uh, so damn nice. At the end of the day, that's um, one of the things I appreciate about this governor in Michigan, is that she is strongly using the office of which she was elected to and the powers that are there for what is best for the people, mm-hmm. um, and and what we believe is best for the people, and that's what Democrats should be doing. Period. So I'm not shocked at Mitch McConnell's hypocrisy. Um, I think I already knew that Mitch McConnell was a hypocrite. I never believed any of them when they said that they weren't going to take this vote up um, if it happened, you know, in the future. I didn't believe Lindsey Graham was, you know, I mean, Lindsey Graham, uh, you know, he has no backbone whatsoever. I mean, I think we all knew that. I mean, his best friend is John McCain. Like, his best friend in the world is John McCain, and you have a president who literally uh, says awful, awful things about him, and and he'll support the president no matter what because he has no backbone at all. I mean, uh, we're not looking – you'd you'd, you'd hope for a little bit of courage, bro, Uh, but uh, we're not going to see any of that. Um, So uh, it's time for Democrats to, uh, to, to, when we take power, uh, to do what we think is best for people as well.
1: I want to underline that one, uh, but in Michigan, I was just up in the UP and I spent about a two hour drive uh, between Marquette and Escanaba and Manistee counting signs, counted 36 for Trump and 16 for Biden and one for any functioning adult.
2: <laughs> okay. I count. I count that as a Biden sign. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, so let's say. So let's say thirty-six to eighteen. So it's a two-one sure. advantage. Uh, you know politics in Michigan way better than I do. Is that is that an improvement? Uh, is that enough uh, to uh, obviously Trump's going to win the UP? But is that enough to swing the state the ten or eleven thousand votes in the other direction? Yeah.
2: Look, I I, I would like to point out that lawn signs don't vote. Um, and if you were driving through Marquette City, I bet you'd find a lot more Biden signs. That being said. Um, we did,
1: yes, definitely we did yeah. in,
2: in Marquette City. Uh, y- y- knocking doors in Marquette City is a lot like knocking doors in East Lansing. It's, it's you know, so, um, but what I would say is- And is that, that is the uh, population
1: center. So that yeah. is important.
2: But, but I will say that, that um, certainly we've seen sh- uh, an interesting shift. Um in um you know uh the demographics of who votes for who in Michigan you know it, it, while i while I agree with you that that uh you look at the u p and it 's uh trending in the opposite direction of where we 'd like, if you drove through open county, you would see the exact opposite in in places that we never thought we 'd win seats i mean you look at the uh you know we used to hold the Upper Peninsula seat, even in bad times, mm-hmm. as Democrats in, in the Senate. Now uh, we certainly don't, but right. we won five seats in the last election cycle. Three of them were Oakland County, where no one thought that a Democrat could have could have gotten elected five years ago. And uh, we now hold the seat of Grand Rapids, which is uh, I don't think anyone thought was possible. We won that seat by almost 20 points. I mean, uh, Woody Briggs killed them over there yeah um, and both house seats now in Grand Rapids used to be you know, so I mean, um it's interesting how the the demographics have shifted uh fairly quickly um i I think that Trump probably exacerbated what was already happening in terms of those demographics. I look at like northern oakland county a lot like how uh Okamas, uh Okemos used to have a Republican you know Mernon Township had a Republican supervisor and uh, would generally vote uh, a majority Republican board. And over the last 20 years, now you couldn't get a, a Republican elected in, in Meridian Township uh, if, you know, no matter who they were. And uh, so that, that, that it, it, you really have seen a, a major shift in terms of uh, suburban voters versus rural voters. And that that is, uh, that's something the that Democrats need to work on. I mean, I'm not gonna give up on the UP, uh, it's my favorite place in the states in the door. It's beautiful. It's, yeah, it is. Uh, I
1: loved it. It's it,
2: it, It's really one of my favorite places. Uh, I'm not going to go up on it, but uh, but I think that uh, we have a lot of work to do up there.
1: Well, and uh, but if you keep Trump down to say 67 percent of the vote, it's a it's a lot of votes that will go uh, to Biden. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, yeah. I
2: think, I, I, and I think Biden is more of a. He he fits better as an Upper Peninsula Democrat, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. he's from you know Pennsylvania. He's a color. Know, working class guy. Yeah, he's a, um, uh, you know, and, and and I will say, and uh, if you look at the the numbers, the UP has always had a more difficult time with female candidates, and that's just uh you know they right now uh, Sarah Cambenzi. Um, it's a first, it was the first female, female rep in a while that was elected from the UP. I remember when Bart Stupak's wife ran for a seat up there, we thought for sure she was going to win the House and lost that election. Um, there, there have not been a whole lot of female candidates who have won the UP, to be honest with you. So, I mean, that, the, 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 when you're looking at those numbers from four years ago, you have to at least remember that as well.
1: And and I One last know why that question, because uh, we're running out of time. But I, I, I'm in the throes of deciding endorsements, so I've got a race where, yeah, we got a Democrat and a Republican, and the first thing I asked both of them was, "Are you supporting Trump?" And uh, and neither of them would answer. They both they're in a purple area. They're over in Eaton County, and uh, you know. So, but uh, do you think it's constitutional for anybody? claiming he's a democrat to uh say uh, that's none of your business uh
2: i wish i knew who it was because i'm going to answer the question without knowing and right. uh so i want everybody to remember that when i'm saying <laughs> uh because i because i because i might know the person very well uh but i don't think that any reasonable human uh shouldn't shouldn't be able to say that they don't support this president yeah and i certainly don't believe any Democrat shouldn't be nope. and um you know i mean i think that uh, i understand that um elections can be tough uh there are some things that should be core value issues and if if donald trump at this point hasn't violated one of your core values then i question your your standing in the party and really in all honesty I, I'm not sure you're a reasonable human.
1: You may see that paraphrase in an editorial soon. Curtis Hertel, uh, Who is that? Wait, wait, Burl, who is it? Uh it is uh it is Sheriff Tom Reich. Oh well, I feel bad. I wouldn't okay, vote for Rick
2: Jones. I will I was in this. Uh, 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 everything I just said, uh uh I would never vote for Rick Jones. Um, okay. because Rick Jones listen, Tom Reich you could. You, you, all I can tell you is, is that the the only person that Rick Jones loves
1: is Rick Jones. So I mean, like, okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he pretends to love everyone in the media. Curtis Hertel, oh, thank yeah. you. Most dangerous
2: place in Lansing is between him and the media. Sorry. Exactly.
1: Sorry. Thank you so much. You're listening to City Pulse here on 89 FM, The Impact. I'm Burl Schwartz. Now it's time to hear the highlights of the 2020 presidential race over the last week with our regular weekly guest political scientist, Matt Grossman from Michigan State University. So Matt, uh, obviously the big news in the last week uh, was the uh, death of uh, Supreme Court Justice Ginsburg and the political implications of it. Uh, What are your thoughts?
0: Well, it was amazing that uh, uh, Ginsburg died on Friday. And by Tuesday, Republicans had essentially lined up the votes uh, for uh, securing the confirmation of a new justice that hasn't even been named yet. So it was a very quick uh, process uh, where McConnell got his troops in line. He got two defections, uh, but it it does seem like that's likely to be the, the only two absent any Uh, big news on the nominee once they're announced.
1: What do you think the implications are uh, for the race, uh, particularly if they do indeed uh, move ahead to confirm before the election? Uh, Popular, uh, the only poll I've seen is saying 59% of uh, those polls say that we should wait uh, and let the the next president-elect decide.
0: It, it will be an unpopular move, but of course, uh, popular among conservatives and Republicans. Um, there's not much uh, evidence that it'll have a big uh, impact on the the presidential race. Um, the people who care most about it are partisans and ideologues, uh, and those are people who we already know will vote, and we pretty much know which direction they're they're going to vote. I checked on the um, election studies uh, from twenty. Uh, 16, where we interview 4,000 people about what they uh, what their considerations were in voting, and there was about 30 Republicans out of that 4,000 who said anything about the Supreme Court, and it was mostly I don't like Trump, but I do like his Supreme Court uh, justices, and then there was a total of eight again out of 4,000 who said something uh, to the effect of that they didn't like the Republicans rushing through uh, on a or not uh, appointing uh, obama 's uh, uh, justice, so it it's not going to break the the make or break the the race um, The place where it is likely to have a potential impact is in maine um, there the the Senate contest uh, where Susan Collins has said that she isn 't going to vote for the nominee um, but um, it sort of reinforces the the dynamic up there, which is that uh, a mostly Democratic state is not too satisfied uh, with having a Republican senator, um, that even, even one who doesn't go along with the program.
1: How did we get to a point where we are confirming Supreme Court justices by a simple minor, uh, majority? It used well, to be 60 votes, right?
0: It did. Um, And and most Supreme Court justices uh, used to be confirmed by very large margins. Uh, Ginsburg uh, was, I think, well over 90. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago, uh, but it very quickly escalated. Uh, The Democrats in 2013 uh, did what we call the nuclear option on the filibuster, which means that they uh, ruled that you don't need 60 votes uh, to confirm lower court nominees. And then the Republicans uh, obviously uh, failed to even hold hearings uh, for Merrick Garland under uh, Obama when they controlled the Senate. And then uh, the very next uh, time that a Supreme Court justice came up in the, um, uh, when they uh, moved forward with the Gorsuch nomination, they implemented their own nuclear option to extend that to uh, the Supreme Court justices. So uh, since the last two nominations, they haven't needed 60 votes and they haven't gotten them.
1: Uh, Of course, the Democrats are screaming hypocrisy. Uh, Some of us might think this is politics. (laughs) Whoever controls the Senate uh, gets to do exactly this. What's your view?
0: Well, I do first of all think that there's a little bit of a mismemory about uh, the Garland nomination. Um, at that point, you needed 60 votes to confirm, and there really was not much prospect that an Obama nomination was going to be confirmed. So people say McConnell. Personally blocked it. He did personally block the hearings and get his uh, troops behind on that. Um, But there really wasn't much prospect for 14 Republican votes for an Obama nominee or for four votes for eliminating the filibuster at that point. So it is hypocritical in terms of what the Republicans said at the time. They said that uh, they shouldn't be confirmed in election year. And of course, Democrats said. The opposite, and uh, both and the parties have switched sides on, on that issue with the latest nominee, Democrats, saying that Republicans have established a precedent. But the real precedent that was established, as you say, is that uh, under an opposition party Senate, it's going to be extremely hard for a president to get any nominee through. Uh, and I think uh, that might be true even if it isn't an election year.
1: We're talking to Matt Grossman, a political scientist from Michigan State University. Uh, The other big uh, topic I want to talk about is uh, how consistent now the state polls seem to be uh, in crucial states for Biden. Uh, Even Ohio uh, seems to be in play. Uh, uh, What are your thoughts on where we are?
0: Well, uh, it is true that Biden's shown some strength in uh, places like Ohio and Iowa states that he does not uh, need, um, and and Georgia as well. Um, But again, those are unlikely to be the tipping point states in the election. So it's unlikely that he would be winning those and not winning Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and Arizona, which tend to be closer uh, to the the determining who wins and who loses. Uh, But yeah, there is also a chance of, um, I mean, we might not effectively call it a landslide because it's probably only going to be in the realm of a six or seven percent national uh, vote uh, margin, uh, but it could look like a landslide in the electoral college if all of the close states go Biden's way. Uh,
1: and uh, the effect right now, how are the, how is the Senate shaping up? Uh, I'm hearing that you know there are Republicans in trouble in places like Georgia and uh, Iowa.
0: Uh, There are close polls in those uh, races. Now, in those states, um, among the undecided, you have more people who are traditional Republican voters, and so they could come home to their um, nominees. Um, But it does look like uh, Ernst is not as popular as people thought in in Iowa. Um, But the real kind of tipping point state at this point in the Senate is North Carolina. Uh, Tom Tillis came out very quickly Saying he would support the the nominee who doesn't exist yet, uh, and uh, that's a state where he's underperforming Trump, uh, and a state where Biden is uh, either ahead or tied at the moment. So that's the the state that is likeliest to determine control of the Senate.
1: Anything big that we missed?
0: Uh, well, the interesting thing was that the the the. Candidates had kind of moved back to to talking about uh, the economy and COVID, which were kind of their initial uh, ideas about their strengths. Um, but then events have a way of intervening. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, the... Uh, events with Brianna Taylor will uh, shift us back uh, to the same uh, discussion about uh, racial protest and whether the nomination uh, means that we shift to issues like abortion and the Affordable Care Act uh, will also be central to the campaign.
1: All right. Very good, Matt Grossman. As we uh, get uh, close to only a month away, we will talk to you.
0: And next, debate next Tuesday. So and we'll That's right.
1: Uh, we'll have much to talk about. Have a good weekend. Thank you. This is City Pulse on WDBM FM 88.9. I'm Burl Schwartz. And it's time to go. I want to thank Skylar Ashley for producing the show. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you'll be back next week. Same time, 10 a.m., same station. WDBM for City Pulse. I'm Burl Schwartz.